As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. It's a beautiful Tuesday morning to be trapped inside your house. I'm Corey Seidman, and he is Ricky Metallico. Here we are, April 7th. The Phillies should be a dozen games into the regular season. But instead, the most excitement we got and have been getting lately in terms of baseball is the report that came out early Tuesday morning from ESPN, which detailed some really wild ideas that MLB could enact to get a season playing by late May or early June. Ricky, I want to go kind of one by one with you on these and just talk about how realistic they are, how much you think that they would um, kind of infect, affect the integrity of the game and other things like that. But So let's start off and say that under this plan, reported by Jeff Passan, the entire league would land in Arizona and play in the Phoenix area with players sequestered at hotels. What do you think of that? I mean, the thing is, is – I mean, is this disease going to be around out in Arizona at the time? I mean, I, I mean, I, I think first and foremost, you have to take this plan. You look at it and you say, all right, is everybody going to be safe? Okay, you sequester them in hotels. So you have, what, 30 whatever different hotels and you put a team in each one. They still have to get out there. I think that's the that's the thing that gets me. How are all these guys going to get out there? Are they going to drive their cars? Are they going to fly out there? Are they going to take private jets out there? I mean, how are you going to get these guys out there where there's no chance that they come up with this coronavirus? I, I think that's first and foremost. Um, secondly, I don't think it's a terrible idea to put them all in one spot. Uh, but I also think May might be – a little stretching it to say the least. I, I think, you know, I mean, we're in April right now. You're talking a month away that they're just going to jump in and be ready to, ready to start up training again. I don't know. Yeah. It's a very ambitious plan and no other sport uh, has so far laid out a timeline that would be that quick. You mentioned Arizona, the state of Arizona and, and, you know, the number of cases there right now, as of midnight on Tuesday, Arizona was 23rd among U S states with 2,456 uh, coronavirus cases, but that doesn't mean that that number's not twice or three times or four times that number by the time teams really start to seriously think about it. And you also have to consider the elderly population in Arizona. Arizona and Florida are where most of our parents go to retire and spend, you know, their their you know their their last couple of decades. And it's just like all of that has to be considered as well. When I look at this plan in totality, it seems crazy. And I wonder how much of it was kind of floated out there strategically to see how fans and the media would react. Well, I I think first and foremost, when you think about these plans that they're throwing out there, I'm sure they have many, many, many plans on the table every single day. There's probably new plans coming in. So, I mean, what do they do? Okay, we, we throw them out there. We see what's really feasible, what's not. I mean, is May really feasible? I, I, I think the the one the one thing is, I mean, 
the problem with making a plan right now, Corey, and I think you'll probably agree with this, is we don't know what direction this is still going. I think I think it's fine once you have a direction, once everything calms down a little bit and, and cases start going dramatically downhill, then you put a plan in place. Let's let's not play this game where jumping to conclusions, because I don't think it works, especially for baseball. It's not going to work. Um, whether I, I just I just think at some point when this does start, I think we're going to see no fans in the stands to start the season. Well, I to really clarify think. To clarify, it's not as if this this report from ESPN. It's not as if this is you know gospel. MLB again, they did uh, the league did come out Tuesday morning and say that they have a number of plans in place, a number of considerations on the table, and that they have not so far signed off on a one location uh, season. Right. Now, the the key to all this, it can only happen if coronavirus tests that generate same day results are more widespread. And the key right. line in the and the key line in the ESPN report is that. That those tests, those same day tests, are widespread and available in a way that does not diminish access for the general public. And according to that report, MLB has the support of high-ranking federal public health officials who believe the league can safely operate amid the coronavirus pandemic. There are some serious questions, though. One, what happens if someone tests positive? What happens if two players test positive? What happens if three players test positive? In Korea. Um, Dan Straley, eight-year big league pitcher, actually acquired by the Phillies at the trade deadline last year but never pitched here, he, he, told, he said it in a, in a report earlier this week that the way it's working over in Korea is if anybody tests positive, whether it's a groundskeeper, someone on the analytics staff, or a player, they're postponing for two weeks right away. See, that's the – I mean, to me, I think that's the biggest problem is that – once you get in there, what happens if somebody does get sick? What happens? How do you quarantine them? You have to quarantine the whole team. There, there is no, there is no flip a coin and hopefully this guy got it. The rest of the team didn't. I don't, I don't think you could look at it like that. I think you have to do exactly what they did out there. Is yeah, you have to shut the season down. But I mean, what do they think about how many players and how many people work for Major League Baseball within an, an, on, in everyday operations? Somebody's going to get it. I mean, I, I, that's why I said you really have to wait until a point where it is almost not necessarily gone, but on a major decline. I, there, there's there's no way to start this thing up and say, "Ooh, everybody's going to be fine because people get sick all the time. I, I, just, I just don't think this plan in place for May is is even uh, number one. It, it's I, I we're spitballing it and and. Even when we're as we're doing this, it doesn't make sense to me at all. Um, I mean, granted, we all want baseball, but you, you have to wait until the the one thing that I like that MLB is doing is they said that we're going to go and more or less they're still going to wait until things are safe. I, I mean, and I know money's out there, I know everything's on the table, but I think safety should be your main concern here. Yeah, and you know the other part of this is that. Someone could have it out there in Arizona and not know. Look at how many NBA players were asymptomatic as coronavirus spread through the league. Rudy Gobert didn't know when he first had it. Donovan Mitchell had no had no symptoms. Several of the Brooklyn Nets players had no symptoms. So it's you know it's a scary thing that you really can't control. Um, this but plan that's, is. That's why I was talking about. These guys have to get on jets and get out there, right? I mean, well, if you have if you have Air Middleton, then you can you can do oh, it. That, what's he going to do? Send a jet to every single state and then pick up well, each guy? I mean, I was just I was just going to say, yeah, exactly. You have guys scattered be all heck of a the taxi country. ride. So some of the really goofy uh, ideas 
in this proposal. I mean, we have to get into this. Uh, one of them is that because quarters are so close in the dugouts, the players could be seated in the stands apart from each other, one seat apart. I'm just thinking about what that would look like. And I can't stop laughing because I'm picturing, first off, the first image I have in my head is when you're playing a video game and you have the, the really simple, um, simply created people in the audience just like going like, you know, nobody could see me. It's a podcast. Hands but, up. Hands up. Yeah. That's what I'm picturing. It's just, I'm just picturing like, you know, Bryce Harper hits a home run. You have 20 of his teammates in their full uniforms pumping their fists in the stands like they're fans. It's it's odd, isn't it? I mean, the the, the turn our world has taken and some of some of the crazy things that that could happen or well, I don't know if that could happen. But I mean, it's just it, it's oddly funny in, in a situation that's not really funny. But um, I yeah, I don't guys sitting in the stands. I, where, where are the relievers sit up in the upper deck in right field? I mean, how do you bring them in on spikes coming down concrete? That'd be fun. That'd be awesome. <laughs> well, so one of the other things is that it's kind of a convenient excuse. If it, if MLB would choose to do this, if this all does happen and again, it's not likely, uh, right. but it's out there. But so one of the other things is that it's a convenient excuse to incorporate the electronic strike zone, which baseball has been discussing for years uh, because of the close proximity between the umpire catcher and hitter. The reason I say it's a convenient excuse is because guys are going to be close to each other all over the place if this happens. Why penalize the umpire? There are so many instances where players are going to be within six feet of each other. Uh, removing the umpire from the equation does not solve it. No, this does nothing. I mean, it, it's one guy on a field where there's going to be, you know, 50 guys. It doesn't, no. I mean, that, if you think about it, the, the only umpire that's near anybody is the home plate umpire. The rest of the guys aren't really near anybody the whole game. Um, come on. I mean, I think the human element has already been taken out of the game as much as it possibly can. Uh, that, that's just, to me, you know, I, I mean, reaching. I guess that's the best way to put it. I mean, when when you start doing things like that, you're really reaching. You're really trying to cut one person down. Then what? What have the? How about no catcher? We'll just throw the pitches in there and let it go to the backstop. And we'll just throw it back, right? I mean, it, it just come on. Let's go. Move on. Team Toyota is kicking off a new season with safety, savings, and service. Visit today at TeamToyota.net to be part of the team and stay on the road to victory. How did you fare with umpires throughout your career? Did you have good relationships with guys? Did you have bad relationships with guys? Did you have any situations that festered over multiple years? Not not really multiple years, but there were some guys that you just disliked. I mean, there's there's always there's always guys that you feel like their strikes on it isn't cohesive to what you do. Um, but there were guys you loved. I remember Frank Pulley, man, a, a Sunday afternoon, hot day, forget about it. You come, I, I would come walking in the game. He'd literally look at me and look at the hitter, and he'd say, "Swing the bats. We're, go- we're going. <laughs> Swing the bats." So I mean, back in the day, it was a little different because you, you know, or I got a flight to catch. Let's go, guys. Let's go. Get in the box or something like that. You're good. You warmed up long enough. Throw the ball down a second. But I mean, see, I had it a little differently because one of my best friends from high school, Jimmy Reynolds, is a is a major league umpire. So it was kind of like. I had to treat them differently because he was a friend of mine. I didn't need, you know, I didn't need him getting razzed on because I'm ripping apart an umpire somewhere. And, and it was probably point, easier, probably easier to see things from his perspective too, right? Yeah, at times. But the the oddest thing is, I mean, we're in the league for a good eight or nine years together. And I don't think we, maybe three or four times he had home plate. 
Isn't that wow. weird? It's a yeah. long time that he only had home plate that three or four times and never really had to make a call. So, I mean, umpires are umpires. You know what? You're going to hate them on certain calls. You're going to love them on other calls. And then the rest of it is just whatever. It's gravy. If you're wondering why the players would agree to all of the wackiness that we discussed earlier, I mean, the simple reason is that guys are going to want to get paid. Yeah. Players, players accepted 4% of their salaries guaranteed in the case of a canceled season. But that's only four percent. You know, that's 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 not that's not being paid after May, and it beats no baseball, beats no paychecks after the fifth month of the year. Four percent for a rookie is what twenty something thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, players took service time at the expense of guaranteed salary, which you understand because service time can lead to bigger riches in the future. Uh, but it also creates a situation where players are probably going to be amenable to any type of proposal just to be out there on the field. The other thing that I've been thinking about is. If baseball is somehow able to return by June, let's say, and play the regular season, it has a chance to create a lot of new fans because they're not going to be competing with as many eyeballs as they once were. There's going to be more of a demand for live sports. It could result in you know a, a, a richer TV deal nationally for MLB uh, right. because because stations need to be able to put on live programming. It's compelling in a way that you know re-airs just are not and. Um, Baseball has faced popularity issues in recent years. I could see this bringing in a lot of young new fans if baseball is able to get playing by June. That's not a reason in itself to do it, but it could be a little silver lining. But it is it is at that point in time where people are starving. I mean, starving for something new, starving for live live things. And, and you're absolutely right. The quicker they get started, the more fans that are going to jump onto that. Because, I, I mean, if for anything, it's lack of, of – uh, I guess, content, right? At that point, I mean, you see a baseball game on or you see a rerun that you saw, you know, 40 times, which one are you going to go to? You're probably going to go to the baseball game and see some live people play real, real games. So, I mean, I, I get it. They want to start as quickly as possible. The players want to make their money. I get that. Um, and and in, in the long run, as long as you can play safely, you do it. it I, I think if there's any doubt in the in the higher ups minds um, that it's going to be safe, then you don't do it. I, I, and I think that's what it really comes down to. And I think it is that simple. I think at, at some point in time you say, all right, well, we have this scheduled up for we'll just say June 1st as a, as a number. Is this feasible? We are at, you know, you say we're at May May 1st. Can we get the, t- the teams, the players to their, their respective places on time? And can we get them there safely? And, and if the answers are yes, then you do it. If the answers are no or maybe, I don't think they do it. Yeah. Uh, it's encouraging that, um, you know, a week or two ago, a week ago, I'm wondering, is there going to be a season? You know, and we still don't know. We still don't know. Anything really could happen. We're at the mercy of something we can't control. But it's encouraging at least to see that baseball could be played by some t- sometime early in the summer because I'll tell you, it really hit me um, two nights ago or, or Monday night. It really hit me Monday night at around 7 p.m. when I just thought to myself, this is the time that we'd be sitting around watching baseball. Yeah. You know, this is, this is when, like, Aaron Nola should be stepping to the mound or – Tom McCarthy and John Crook are doing their open. And the, one of my favorite things my entire life about baseball has been that it's there every night. I mean, you and I yep. talk about that. It's like you don't have to think about for six straight months. Oh, what am I going to what am I going to watch tonight or what am I going to fall asleep to? Or, you know, it's uh, that being absent from our lives. Like 
I don't mean to like be melodramatic about this, but it's a big loss. Well, for, for us, I think we're used to going in and starting our days with, you know, crazy arguments or talks about, about the game or about what happened the night before and what's going to happen on, on this given day. And it's funny you said that about, like, that the timing of baseball because when I played, my biggest odd fear, and you'll probably laugh at this because you'll enjoy this, was that if we had a Monday off, we, it would get to like 7.05 and my body clock would go off. And I would like feel like I'm missing something, like I should be somewhere. And did I mess up and have the wrong schedule and, and it's not an off day? But, yeah, it's a sense of uh, loss. And, and it's still it feels like that pretty much every day now. I mean, it's funny. During the season, we go 15, 16 straight and we're looking for one day off, you know. Right. Uh, you wonder how many days off they're even going to have if they get this thing kicking. Yeah, you always want what you can't have. When you're in the grind, you just want a little bit of a breather. And when you're just sitting in your house all day long, you want anything, you want any yeah. kind of form of entertainment. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the other consideration is, like, say the season begins late. How long do they go? Uh, games in empty stadiums in Phoenix all the way across the country, are they going to feel the same for Phillies fans if it got to that? Like, it's going to – you would – Do we do our no post games from there? <laughs> Rick, I don't know, man. It's there. There would be a feeling of disconnection. The 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 games taking place so far away, and I still don't even I, like. Could you have gotten the same adrenaline pitching in front of nobody? No, I hated spring training, so I, I'd have to go with no. I, I I was a third deck guy. You put that third deck on some fans in there, you get that adrenaline rush, and everything kind of feels right. Um, spring training, you never got that rush. You never had that adrenaline feel. Um, so yeah, I, I, playing in front of nobody, it was like playing in Montreal. That's how Montreal was when, when we used to play the expos, it was empty seats and people banging on these yellow seats and making noise with that. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, it's, it's not fun. It, it kind of, it, it turns into almost a pickup game. And I think players would actually think that the games aren't real. I, I think that's what would go through their minds. Is there anybody who sticks out to you on the Phillies as someone who like, uh, performs better in front of a crowd. Like I would say, for example, Jimmy Rollins to me was right. always a guy who was at his best when the lights were brightest. Like when he was on, when he had a national TV audience, when the game was sold out. Jimmy always seemed to step up in those kinds of moments. Anybody on this team feel like that to you? <laughs> I, you know what? I think I have to say Harper. I think he's one of those guys that kind of feeds off. Think about him. He feeds off the crowd in right field all the time, right, at home. He feeds off the booze on the road. So when you don't have anything to feed off, what are you What are you eating? You're not. You know, you just kind of take the game in stride. The other guy, I think Hoskins. I know that sounds a little weird because he's not like a showboater, but – you know, when you think about it, he's always giving his little horns to the bullpen and he's, you know, the little sidestep on the home runs. I, I, it's just, okay, let me put it this way. I've watched some WWE stuff like <laughs> Monday Night Raw. Have you watched this at all? What, like the, the current product? Just, just tune in on a Monday night or something and you'll watch and you'll be like, wow, it's just not the same with fans. Oh, oh yeah, the empty arenas, yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah, different. It's, it's weird. It's yeah. weird. I, I'm wondering, like, um, you know, say you have an empty arena and it's a warm day and the windows in the announce booth are open. Uh, can you hear them? It's like how quiet. Like, I, I don't know how quiet it would be, but like, would you be able to hear the announcer? Uh, 
because in, in, you mentioned WWE, obviously the ring's closed up. I don't know if you would even have the windows open if you're not getting a crowd sound. You know True. what I mean? True. And think think about all the sounds you'll get on the field though with the yeah. field mics. Oh, you'll get some language. They they, yeah, might I, have, they might have to change the ratings for the games. <laughs> well, that was one of the other portions of that report is that it, we could see more players mic'd up, which I'd be all for. I you know I would love to hear. I've always thought it would be fascinating to mic up the first baseman and at some point late in the game play a little snippet of the conversations the guys had with players on first base. I'm not asking you to uh, air it if it's any like uh, inappropriate info or stuff you don't want leaking out, but you tell me baseball fans wouldn't love that. I remember a couple years ago in the All-Star game when they had, I think it was Mike Trout, um, mic'd up while he was playing center field. It was so cool to hear the guy talking as he's running to catch fly balls. Yeah, they. I think that I was watching a game in spring training. They had Freddie Freeman mic'd up, and he was winded at first base. He had to run from, like, first to home on one of the plays, and then he got to first base. He was winded the whole inning. But you get good information. The other thing is, is that what would be interesting to me is that you hear communication on the field. Like, when, when you're in the crowd, you don't necessarily hear the communication. You don't hear the cut four, four, four type stuff. And you don't, you know, you, you don't hear like two, two, two. I, I think that that makes the game a little bit different. And, and I guess when it comes down to it, if you're looking for little, you know, uh, things or snippets to key on, I think that really comes into effect. I really do. I, th- I think I, I could deal with that for about a month, but then you need crowds. We know our listeners out there are missing live sports just as much as we are, but you can always take a break with your teams on the My Teams app. It's where you'll find Phillies, Eagles, Flyers, and Sixers articles from us even during this period. So go ahead and check out the My Teams app and share a story with a friend. Rick, when this is all over, I want to be able to say that the 2020 season was the craziest experience that we've ever had with a professional sport. Because I hope this, I hope this is it. I mean, quite quite honest. I mean, let's face it. You and I would much rather be in work, hanging out, and getting ready for a ball game right now than than sitting at home and, you know, sitting on our rumps. Really, I mean, there, there's not a ton to do. I mean, if I if you get to go out for a walk, that's a, that's a positive. Uh, yeah, let's hope this is this is uh, a first and a last. How about that? I see you got a little uh, quarantine goatee going. You gonna uh, show back up with a full beard? Or- you got a beard going. Who are you kidding? Yeah, man. I, I haven't shaved in weeks. I just, shaved, I just shaved yesterday as a, like, just to do something. <laughs> Go a little That's, stir the point That's the point we've reached, man. All right. Well, thank you, as always, Ricky. We'll talk again later in the week. Uh, you know, this is uh, a lot to digest, this, this ESPN report. We don't know, again, if this is actually going to happen. But if it does, it could create the wildest and one of the most memorable MLB seasons in uh, in history. So he's Ricky. I'm Corey. We're presented by Team Toyota. Thanks for listening to the Phillies talk. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.